right, welcome back to another edition of Beef's Beef. Uh, I got another good friend with me here today, a Purdue fan, actually, if you all can see the basement. You see, I'm definitely in enemy territory after that game the other day. But uh, welcome Daniel Grimes to the uh, podcast today. What's going on, everybody? So we uh, we actually texted the other day, and we were talking about you know getting him on here at some point and talking about different things. And I thought, well, what would be a more perfect time to do it than after – um, you know, a game between our two favorite teams. <clears throat> but, I mean, some things we're going to cover, we're going to go briefly over the Big Ten ACC Challenge, talk about talk about that a little bit. Not, not much of a challenge yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's kind of the, a, the Big Ten ACC games. That's, that's what down, we'll call it. it um, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about the Purdue game, which it's actually going to be fun because we were actually just talking about before we got on here, we have two very different perspectives for this game. I was supposed to go with he and Parker to the game and because of some things I couldn't go. But he was actually at the game. I watched it on TV. He was there. So it's going to be good to hear from his perspective. And, I mean, he even came back and watched it on TV yesterday and was just telling me that, man, it was, it was, there was a lot of things I saw in the game on TV that you know, I didn't really see in person. So, I mean, we'll start out with the – like we said, the the Big Ten ACC quote unquote challenge. Beat down. Yeah, it's down. at this moment it's eleven two. I mean, we got the Michigan State game on here. I think we can pretty safely say it's going to be eleven three. Notre Dame is just getting absolutely pummeled. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's ugly. Unfortunately, Michigan State looks as good as everybody <laughs> thinks they look right now. Yeah, I just found out today. I think I heard you mention it the other day, but I just found out today how much your hatred really runs for Michigan State. I didn't realize it was such a big thing. Oh, it, it started with uh, Draymond Green. Uh, I was at the game day I, game I, I, a couple I, years ago, and uh, hated him. Uh, Tom Izzo, he's a phenomenal coach, Hall of Fame coach, but I can't, I can't say the guy. Hey, tell him, tell him the reasoning that that really dug into you though, that really made it made it that because I thought that was kind of funny. Just the you you were talking about the tournament last year and what? Oh what? yeah, that's Michigan State. You know. Preseason last year, number two like this year, and uh, what they go like fifteen and thirteen or uh, they they lost a lot of some, games. Something yeah, it like was something that. crazy like they that. went over four to start the year or something like that. And uh, the team was not a tournament team, and uh, I think Tom Izzo got them in the tournament and just continued their streak at like 21, <laughs> 22 tournaments, and they went out first round like. They should have. Somebody <laughs> else should have had that spot because yeah, the team wasn't that good. We compared it to kind of what Florida State is. I mean, even though Michigan State didn't really have a, a say in getting themselves in the tournament, we both kind of think it probably is off of Tom or Tom Izzo's name. I almost said Tom Crean, yeah. I really think that guy's really got much of a name, especially in the Big Ten. He's a great coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you love him because, I mean, it seemed like you guys were winning consistently when he was there. I mean, they, they did win two Big Ten uh, championships under him, so uh, – but, uh, I mean, Florida State rescheduling that Louisiana, Lafayette, or Monroe or whatever, that's yeah. kind of bogus to do that. You know, they're playing on championship weekend. They go into a bowl game for, like, the 30th straight season. Yeah. That's – to me, it's bogus. And then I also think they're going to lose their coach too. So, but that's a, that's a story for another time. Yeah. But, I mean, the games – you look at the games, the none of – the matchups this year were kind of – like, eh, I mean, you couldn't put Michigan State and Duke against each other again because you already had the they Champions played, Classic. And they just played last weekend. They just played UNC. So I guess, the, yeah, the, the, the scheduling conflicts kind of made it 
what it is. I mean, I wish we would have played Michigan State. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been better, but I don't know. I mean, I like I love that we played you guys, but like I don't know, man. Just Duke and Indiana, even though it was a close game, it shouldn't have been. Yeah, uh, that was that was a great game. Indiana played out of their world. Yeah, they. Uh, you you get D Ron Davis. Yeah, you get D Ron Davis to hit free throws down the stretch. Oh, it's a different game. He's he's a stud. I thought he was going to be a stud when he walked on campus, and he's a monster down low. He can back anybody down, dunk it. He's he's big too, man. Is I actually went to uh, my buddy Richard actually coached the Derby team a couple years ago when uh, Quentin Gooden was on the team, and they do that Night of the Rising Stars first round and stuff yeah. at New Albany. So I went over there. And, you know, I'm sitting there talking to Richard, and all of a sudden I get a shadow coming over me. <laughs> like and I turn around, and it's <laughs> D-Ron Davis. And I said, holy cow, who is that? He's, he's he goes, oh, that's, that's D-Ron Davis. He's going to Indiana. I was like, dude, it's huge. Yeah. And at that point, he didn't have his – like, he, he was always really tall, but, like – and he had the wide frame, but he did not have the weight and stuff he has on him that he does now. Oh, they've, they've muscled him up. He's bulked up. Yeah, he's – He's swole. He had those wide shoulders, but nothing – no weight on him like that at all. So, so even at I couldn't imagine seeing him now. I mean, it'd be like I, I've saw I've seen Dwight Howard in person, and he's, pretty close. And I figured he, he's unreal. Yeah. So, I mean, the outside of the, I mean, I did like our matchup, even though I just said I kind of wish the matchups would have been kind of different. But I mean, you look at some of these matchups: NC State and Penn State, Clemson and Clemson and Ohio State. By the way, a team that fell off Ohio State, that team fell off quick. Yeah, they. I don't like Ohio State. Uh, that, I'm that, right there with you. The, I, the worse they do, the better off I yeah. am. It's I guess America Q's, wins. Q's in Maryland, but I mean Q's has kind of fallen off the past couple of years too. I mean it's they look good though. It's like Bayheim here is just kind of well, let me keep stacking up wins while yeah. I can, and I'll Boy, just retire. Yeah, I'll just fade away into the sunset, and just trying to get as close to Coach K as I can. I think he's kind of banking on him leaving soon. I don't see it happen. No, but well. Uh, like I was saying, he, Daniel and uh, another one of our friends, Parker and uh, Daniel's uncle, went up to the game. Um, had a good, it was a good time. I mean, I know it was for you. It was a blast. We uh, we left early, went up, ate a little triple X at the local diner up there, had some uh, good food, walked around the game, atmosphere in a college town. You know, it's a good time. We were we were talking about it right before, uh, you know, we ate here, and we were talking about you know because looking at the arena. I mean, it looks small, but you kind of wonder, like, how, how small is it? You said it holds, like, 14-2 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 14-2. And I kind of wonder. I, I was comparing it, I guess, to kind of like Notre Dame. Cause, and you said that uh, it, when you told Parker what it was like, it's it's like the lower arena of the Young Center. That's exactly what Notre Dame is. So I had somebody, uh, actually Steve texted me and said, man, why, why can't our students be like this? I mean, we're not as compact like that. And we don't have that many students to be honest, I mean, we just don't have the student following in the right place, I guess. I I feel like that's another big problem with Louisville is they don't put the students in the right place. It's, it's, it's they, they make it more of an NBA atmosphere with our with our arena since we left Freedom Hall. And Yes, it's nice to have a great arena, but it's also like, man, I wish we kind of had that. I think it's got a lot to do with being uh, the on-campus aspect. I mean, the, yeah. You know, Mackey Arena is right next to the football stadium, which is right next to the campus. You know, everybody walks to everything. Uh, and Louisville's never had a basketball arena on campus. No. Freedom Hall was at the fairgrounds, and this yeah. one's downtown. So, And then 
Louisville went for the money with the KFC. Oh, yeah, all for the, sure. All the suites. It is top of the line. I mean, it's unreal. All the nice seats. You go to Mackey, and you're crammed in there like sardines. It's all bleachers, uh, except for right behind the announcers. And there's no suites. It's, it's got one goal. To play basketball yeah, and to but, be loud. Yeah, and that's I mean it just from watching it on TV, uh it did its job. Yeah. I mean, it it was it was loud on TV and when, when you can hear when it's hard to hear the commentators on TV, you know that the home arena is definitely helping in the way that it should. And I mean when we went to, when I went to that Notre Dame game in twenty thirteen, you can I mean that was the five overtime college game yeah. that game and yeah. That, that's what it reminded me of with the intensity from the students. It was just, it was nuts. I mean, that's as close as I can get to, to kind of comparing it to something if I could just from watching it on TV. But I mean, I knew going into the game, I, I actually referenced it the last time on my last podcast. I said, it doesn't matter what Purdue team has looked like in the past couple of games. You're playing at home and you're playing in a tough environment, they're going to come to play. That's always a tough place to play. And, and a ranked opponent. You know, it's kids just got back on campus from break. It was uh, – and we played terrible down in the Bahamas. Uh, Outside Atlantis. of putting a beating on Arizona. Yeah, yeah. well, Arizona, though. They kind of – what happened to them? I don't – That's, a, that's another – Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a, another, that could be a whole another yeah, 30 minutes. I really don't get that at all. I am. They're something else. Uh, but you – and then you know we were you were asking me about it. I was like, man, not only is it already just a tough place to play with the crowd noise, then you bring in the FBI stuff. You bring in the we'll just call it pay for play stuff from a yeah. couple of years ago with Katina Powell. And yeah, there, there was a lot of signs and yeah. shirts and FBI uh, shirts and everything like yeah. that. I, I, my cousin actually texted me before I got home because I, I actually went out the the night it happened, the night of the game. Uh, my team had practice, so I didn't get to watch it until the second half. So I listened to most of the first half. But then I uh, yesterday I actually watched the first half. He said, you're going to be mad when you watch the first – when you watch the beginning of this game. And I kind of knew we were we were going to see this going into different games and stuff. I'm already tired of it, the, the hearing about Rick Pitino. I mean, we got rid of him. I'm already yeah. tired. Of, I want to I wanna get rid of that. I, I want to keep the championships and all that stuff, but – God, I'm just I'm ready to stop talking about it, and I know that's naive to think that that's going to happen. We're what five games into the season, it's not going to happen, especially that early. Well, that was your first nationally televised game, and they spent. I rewatched the game last night, and they spent probably two or three minutes talking about it, just and, in in like like it was first being released. They were just like, "Oh, just so yeah. you know, in case nobody heard, uh, Rick Pitino's gone. Yeah, we got a new coach. Man. Like, oh." Really? In case you don't recognize the guy on the sidelines, David Patrick, because yeah. Rick Pitino's not there. And then you have uh, – this is this is crazy because I'm actually going to say something that I'm going to contradict later. I actually agreed with Dan Dockett at one point in this game where they go to Jeff Goodman and he talks about the interview he had with Rick Pitino. The day before. Yeah. What he said – it may, I can't lie. It made me really mad that he said what he said. Even if you believe that, you don't say that to a guy exactly like Dan Dogger said. You do not say that to a guy that you know is going to go and say what you said. And his quote was, the only way David Padgett gets rid of the interim title is if he goes to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Yeah. I think he was – he knew what he was doing. He was, it was calculated. It was, I want to tell my team and the new coach 
I need to tell them something, but he can't reach out and talk to them. So that was just his way of, that was the only way he knew to tell people stuff without telling them. So you, you think that was more of Rick Bettino saying, Hey, this is what I still think you guys can do. Yeah. I I actually kind of made me think, I think he was letting David Padgett know this may be what you have to do, but he was also trying to maybe tell his team, uh, you guys are still a good team and, Y'all still can make some noise. Yeah, I mean, I still think we can make some noise. And, you know, as we talk about this game some more, I think we'll, I, you know, I'll go into more depth about, you know, I, re- I, I was encouraged by by a good amount of things in this game, but I was also discouraged with a lot of, with the, with some things. Uh, mainly, I mean, all this started mainly this still downright terrible play of Quentin Snyder. Man, I got to tell you, I, I've watched him play some, you know, over the years. It was a very underwhelming game. He hit, he hit a three, and it was a clutch three. It was it, yeah. it needed to be hit at the time, but but then not only you, you it, take that, that clutch it. three, and then you have the one where we're down four with what just over fifty seconds, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll pull up a three right in right in what's his name? I guess you could say was it harms, harms yeah, right harms. in harms way? I yeah. guess you could say yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull, pull it up and put it up right in harms nut. Well, Dude, just, what are you doing? Oh, I can't remember if it was before or after that, but the inbounds play where he ran into the tore and traveled. I mean, I, it's, just just catch the ball and come to a jump stop. And yeah, you I don't, don't have to. I mean, I want to say it's the distractions of everything that's just been going on. I mean, but. Think, but I mean, he's had nothing but distractions since he's been here. I mean, his yeah. freshman year, we lose our point guard because he gets kicked off the team. Q gets immediately thrown into the Wolves, hits clutch free throws against NC State in the in the Sweet Sixteen. I, I mean, I can't. I, I mean, I really can't make an excuse for him being under pressure because of so many things happening. Because then you had the the next season. We we couldn't even go to the tournament because we had all that controversy there. So I mean, it's been here the whole time. And I hate it because he's a great kid and he's always had a great attitude, but he's got to play better. Yeah, especially being – he's not really a four-year starter, but he's definitely a three-year – Three-and-a-half-year starter. Three-and-a-half-year yeah. starter. Uh, been in a lot of big places, a lot of big games. Not everybody brings their A game every night, but it was just – he was just like on the court and that was it. He didn't – And his, his struggle, honestly, has gone back to – the last game of last season of Michigan. I mean, he went one for 11 in that game, one of nine from the three-point line, I believe it was. I mean, it's just – I don't I don't, I don't, don't know if it's something that's just bothering him, and if it is and it's like something that's not come out, I'm sorry. But it's like, man, if you're on the court – I mean, yeah, he had, three, he had six assists, but, I mean, we only had 10 as a team. That was one thing I did notice for both teams. There was a re- very low assist total. I mean, you guys had nine of nineteen field goals, and we had ten of twenty field goals. But I mean, turnovers were fairly low, also. Though. Yeah, I mean, fourteen's a little higher than you want it. Purdue had eleven. I really feel like single digits is like the golden number if you can keep it yeah. single digits. Yeah, eight, eight or nine somewhere yeah, around that, there. That that would be a phenomenal turnover game because you're gonna have. But I mean, if I'm looking over the stat sheet, just if let's just say I didn't watch the game and I look over Louisville stat sheet. Really, the only person that I and it's really kind of the only person I was really happy with during the whole game is VJ King. I mean, you have him as your. They have him listed as a forward on here, but he's really a two guard. Maybe plays a three. Yeah, if it wasn't for Adele, he'd definitely be a three. Yeah, I mean, he he did foul out at the end of the game. 
and I think he was just kind of ready to come out of the game at that yeah. point. It was just like a frustration foul. Let's get me out of the game. I'm tired of being here type thing. But, I mean, he was shooting with confidence. He was driving to the rim with confidence. And he got, he he, got a little out of control a couple of times. He, he, he did. He went one on four or something. But yeah, my my, my thing with that is if you've watched him all season, he's been so hesitant with everything. It was kind of refreshing to see him. I'm going after my shot. Yeah. And he was hitting them. I mean, you could you could definitely see glimpses where it's like, man, he can play on the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so smooth and he's athletic and stuff. Uh, it's, there was a, there was a lot of things that I was encouraged. That was that was one thing that I was encouraged with out of that game was the play of BJ King. Because I thought outside of his scoring all season, I really didn't think his defense was bad. And he's been rebounding all season. To have six rebounds out of your two guard is fantastic. Wait, yeah, six, yeah. I mean, it was he played a good game. And really, obviously him and Adele were your top scorers. But Adele has some, some clutch shots. Just he pull did. Up, pull up shots right in somebody's face. He did. But here's here's my thing with Dang Adele. I lo- I, there's really not a player on this team that I dislike. I love, you know, normally I find a player on our team that I, I don't know why I always seem like I dislike at least one person on our team. There's not a player on this team that I dislike. But sometimes I get frustrated because I feel like, especially when he and Q are in the game together, the ball doesn't move. He can get stagnant. Yeah, the, the, the ball touches their hands and the ball does not move. Yeah. And then you get Perry in the game with the, with all them, and it's like, Oh, that's weird. The ball's moving. Or you take Dangadella and you put Nora in there, and you're like, huh, it's it's like when you have those two together, the ball stops when it touches one mm-hmm. of two hands. And I mean, I I've, I was kind of happy with the the rebounding total. I, I felt like when I first saw the starters rebounds, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, we probably killed them on the boards. Then you look at it, I mean, y'all had 39, we had 41. It's You would think Purdue is as big as Purdue is. We would rebound the ball much better. They, they were, I think Swanigan last year in the past two years has really spoiled these players because he he gobbled up everything. He was out there like hungry, hungry hippos, man. The yeah, ball's I, on the ground. I love that dude. By the way, I love Caleb Swanigan. And uh, I think all the players just got used to him getting every rebound, and uh, I, I think they're spoiled to it. And they're not a really very good rebounding team for having two seven footers. So I thought about this actually today when I knew, you know, we we were talking about recording this, and I was like, and I actually kind of, you know, I, I said something about Haas the other day. I was like, man, I use 7-2 and only average five rebounds a game. <clears throat> and I thought about this. Do you think, because if you look, Edwards, I mean, he had seven rebounds. Isn't he the power forward? Yeah. yeah. He averages nine a game. Yeah, he's a really good rebounder. Think about this, and uh, once I thought about it today, I was like, this makes kind of sense. You think the reason Edwards leads you guys in rebounds and Haas doesn't rebound as much is because Haas is weak side helping on defense trying to block shots? No, because he doesn't block shots. He averages like maybe one a game. Maybe. That's, he, see, he, I, was try, I was trying to make an excuse for him. No, I was trying to make of, an excuse for him. All of averages thinks if you're 7-2, you ought to block one or two shots a game just yeah. by being massive. Yeah. And he doesn't. He just uh, – he does. I really think what it is, maybe part of it is Haas blocks like seven people out at a time, and the ball just falls over. Falls to, to somebody, to somebody else. else. Yeah, it's so, kind of what I think it is. Um, I mean, really, no shooting percentages on either team is really look impressive from any one player. I mean, you had a couple people that shot close to fifty percent, but I mean, the people that impressed me the most just from watching on TV. I mean, 
uh, the power forward Edwards. I mean, I felt like he was, even though he, I felt like he wasn't hitting early, but he started hitting towards the end of the game and he just stayed composed the whole time. But the other one that wasn't hitting early that I felt like hit a, a bunch of clutch shot was, what is it, Matthias? Is that his? Uh, yeah, Matthias. Matthias, yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's, he's deadly. Of course, we were oh for the world to start the game. We The first half, Purdue went 1-16 from a 3 for 6%. Yeah, and, and uh, you are the top, I think you are the top three point shooting team in the Big Ten. We yeah, uh, well we got four guys coming back there shooting over forty percent for their career, and yeah. the past probably four games they're probably shooting close to fifteen percent. Uh, it was it was abysmal. At, at some point, you said this on a couple podcasts ago. You know, at one point when you're, you know, we were one for uh, sixteen, seventeen, and we hit one. And our percentage jumped from six to twelve. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, how do you hit one shot? And it, if you're a shooter, shooters got to shoot. Yeah, you miss every sure. shot. Miss every shot you don't take. Yes, but at some point you got to think, huh? Maybe I'll stop chucking them up. Like I love Carson Edwards. I love PJ Thompson. O for six for Edwards. O for four for Thompson. Yeah, you know you gotta. I know you're gonna not make them if you don't shoot them, but at some point. Pass the guy next guy, man. If he's if he's on, he's on. And if you're off, you know, just and, and hold it. Another one that we were talking about before the game or before we got on here that I told you I was tired of seeing shoot threes already is Malik Williams. Yeah. I mean, step a couple steps in. No, take take two dribbles and a pull up for fifteen footer. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, a much higher percentage. Yeah, it is, and I don't I think he's hit one three the whole season and when I saw him in the Derby game, that's all he did was shoot threes the whole time. And I was like, I really hope this isn't the player that we – like, I, I, I'm i not giving up on him. I don't want it to sound like that. I was like, I really hope this isn't the player we recruited because all you heard about before the before he came here was just, this dude's all world. Like, yeah. this guy's been killing everybody in Indiana. Yeah. Well, Purdue wanted him bad, by the way. We, oh, yeah, we, they we, talked about that. Purdue wanted him bad. And so, I think uh, that's why there was so much – Hostility. Hostility when he made when he he fouled Carson Edwards on that play, didn't Vince, he? Vince Edwards. Yeah. Or was it always oh, Vince Edwards? Yeah, Sorry, Vince he fouled Vince Edwards on that play. And yeah. yeah, it's there was there was a little bit of bad blood there. I think maybe because they thought I I maybe the players thought that they had him. I don't we he was probably one of our top recruited players this past year and uh you know, you you like to think as an in state team. Yeah, if you really focus on a player, you ought to be able to get him, and just to not get him, it uh, it hurts. I mean, he's but, right I mean, in your I guess, own, he's right you know, in your backyard too. Yeah, but you know, maybe got check or something. I'm not. No. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say to that. So it's, it's a joke. Calm down, people. I know, I know. So the the when I went back and watched some of the first half, you know, I, there was some there were some things. You know, I talked about Q continuing to struggle. There was when we started out the game seven to two, and I think the biggest thing that we were doing was we we were putting you on a screen and roll, which oh. you watch them all the time. You put Haas in a screen and roll, it's, he's done. It's devastating. It, you all had so many backdoor cuts that were missed. You didn't either didn't throw the ball to them or threw it over their head, and that happened three times I know of. Uh, just threw it too hard right past the guy. But you all's backdoor cuts and the screen and go. It looked really good. And the, the biggest thing was we would we were attacking off the screen and roll early, mm-hmm. and we stopped. Yeah. Because not only were we getting buckets, but we were also getting Haas in foul trouble. Yes. We were getting into his body to where he wasn't blocking shots or dishing it to the other 
who's the other big guy. Yeah, they were always wide open. Yeah, if he didn't have a shot, he just dropped it across the lane, and boom, had a layup. And not only were, did we stop doing that, we were missing shots when we were doing it at first, too. They missed too many it, twos. I know what draw percentage is from. It, it was missed, inside. In, inside three feet was it was like, It was abysmal. Style, terrible. And then, uh, by the way, I just looked up and saw the score. I can't believe that Notre Dame just cut that lead down so fast. Yeah, it was like 25. It's yeah. nine. Yeah. yeah, it was actually just seven. They scored on the other end. So, but that that was one thing that I noticed. I was like, man, going back and watching this, why? I, yeah, you need to make adjustments, but make that team make the adjustment. I didn't really feel like you guys adjusted. I stopped. I felt like we stopped going to it. it well, it's when your team's built around one big guy and four three point shooters. It, it's really hard to adjust because that's your game plan, and it's hard. You really have to try to make your team force your will, and Louisville could have forced their will with what you're saying. But we kind of – I don't know why you all went away from it. Maybe Purdue was able to do something. Um, really, you all didn't have any foul trouble in the first half. So I didn't think no. that it was foul trouble that changed it. But they did go away from it. But there were so many back cuts that were wide open. It was, it was and troublesome from my point of view. I, I – not only am I mentioning the bad play of Snyder, but if you watch just Darius Perry as a player when you watch him play, he, he played eight minutes in the game, by the way, which, I mean, Q is out for a one minute. And that, to, to be honest, that was probably like 30 seconds. Yeah, they probably he, took him out for a media timeout. Yeah. It's like, hey, catch a breath here. But it's like, when you play a player eight minutes who's been playing, he's been playing well all season. To me, he should be playing upper 20s. I mean, we look like, the way we played our starters, like we don't have a bench at all. I mean, we have four of our five starters over 30 minutes. The only reason my mood didn't get over 30 minutes is because he was in foul trouble. Yeah, he would have definitely played 30-plus uh, minutes. And and you asked me, you know, what are, our, what are our fans' thoughts so far with Patchett? I can't speak for everybody else. I think this – I mean, this is definitely my sentiment. And, I, you know, I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago. I mean, he kind of got thrown into the fire, so he's definitely going to be learning as he goes. Yeah, he is trial by error at this point. Yeah, and it's that's his first true road game in a hostile environment. I mean, we didn't look that good, but I, I didn't like some of the substitutions that he did. But, like I said, it's that uh, he's learning. Yeah. And I like I like that the players want to play for him and everything, and I like him as a person. So it's like I can't really get mad at him because it's like, man, this is who the players want to play for. Yeah, so they've kind of they have kind of done this themselves also. The yeah, play, the players have uh, they they spoke their piece and they kind of gave them what they wanted and said, yeah. hey, y'all want to make something happen? Here's your chance to make something happen. They're not playing bad. It's not you know. It, I, I really the feel like the panic button yet. It's not like it's not like we're terrible, and we just don't have a chance, and we almost squeak the win out on the road, like or anything like that. We have talent, and we definitely have flashes in that game, and I definitely feel like the things that we did do wrong could definitely be corrected. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talent on this team, and I've heard a lot of Louisville fans say this, uh, and I don't think you're one of them, but a lot of people have said. Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, Bowen ain't here. No, it, it, that was my beef last last yeah, episode. That, that was yours. No, I mean, that was my beef, man. Global fan that says they don't want Brian Bowen are like, we're glad he's not here. That's 
You didn't watch him play in high school. Well, <laughs> you don't know what kind of player he is. He was a McDonald's All-American, so he's, you know, worst-case scenario, one of the top 40 players in the nation. His team won the national title. I, yeah, well, they had the team was loaded. They were loaded, but, but he was the best player on that team. Yeah, but if, if you think somebody like that isn't going to help any team, then you're nuts. That's like people saying, oh, like, I'm glad Bagley went to Duke. Like, yeah. man, he's he's trouble. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, th- I yeah. think most – I will say this, though. Uh, I think most of the reasoning behind a lot of the fans saying it was because they felt like they didn't want – they kind of wanted the, everything with that to go away. I get that. I understand that. You, and, you just want to wash your hands of it. Yeah, just, just get rid away. of it. Yeah. And my thing was is the FBI already washed their hands with him, said he was good. I understand the NCAA is different than the FBI. You know, I, I know this, but it's like – I, if they cleared him, then what's the point of even holding it against him anymore? Yeah, and that was totally changed this lineup, by the way. Because oh, that yeah. would give you uh, four guys on your roster at 6'10 or better, and all those guys are skilled guys. You well, know, I mean, you, you go back to Patino before he left, and he never talks about anything with lineups that, that early or even talks about playing freshmen. But literally the words out of his mouth were, my starting five will be Q, BJ, Dane, Tugs, and either Honest or Ray. I mean, not only does that help with <laughs> with uh, size and, and talent, but then you put one of the Raymond Spalding and Honest Mahmood on the bench, it's going to be Mahmood because Spalding's been playing very well. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he only had eight and nine in that game, but – He's been playing well all season until now. He was in foul trouble also. Though. Yeah. So he but could have easily been a double-double if he'd got that's, three that's what it, playing time. That's what it does for you is you put one of them on the bench who's been struggling for with foul trouble all season. Yeah. And you now, okay, he's struggling with foul trouble. The other guy's not playing as much, so now he's not going to be in foul trouble. It also gives you more time to bring along some of these other freshmen that maybe aren't as ready. Like Malik Williams doesn't look ready yet. He's He is – Low, I think he's he's behind. Yeah, and Lance Thomas definitely doesn't look ready. Perry to me looks ready, and Nawara shows a lot of flashes of being ready. He has against teams that you know aren't as talented as Purdue, and then he showed in flashes against Purdue. But yeah, I mean, it lets you bring along those other players. One three and start chucking them up, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I bet you were ecstatic when you saw him shoot that first three and miss it. Yeah, well, yeah, but then he made that one. I thought, oh. Well, gates have opened. Yeah, which no, I was I meant uh, I thought you said Williams. Oh but yeah, the, yeah. He, I mean yeah, Nawara. Yeah, you were like, Oh yeah, keep shooting those man. <laughs> yeah. He haven't hit one all season. Yeah. Open but, the world over here. Yeah, because if Nawara starts hitting more often than that, that dude's just gonna start filling it up. Yeah. He's I mean, the guy said that his favorite player in the NBA is Carmelo. I mean, you could definitely kind of tell when he gets the ball, he ain't, that's, that's he ain't afraid one. to shoot it. And I don't mind it. Most of the time freshmen shy away from stuff like that, man. And like like you just mentioned, me saying it before. I mean, you miss every shot you don't take. Score, score's got to want to score. Yeah, if you don't um, want the shot. If you don't want the ball, then you're not a scorer. That's just so. You you look at you look over all the stats, team stats, everything like that. The rebounds were pretty even. Turnovers were pretty even. We had 14, but you guys had 11 block shots. You guys killed us in that five to one. Which well, I mean, arms arms kills you guys. Basically, yeah, he's our only shot blocker. I mean, yeah, I think 
I don't know if Dacus was just throwing out a blind stat or what, but I think he said he leads the nation in blocks. Uh, he leads the Big Ten. Uh, he may lead the nation as a freshman, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's got 25 on the year, which is a lot. But you also figure Purdue's played more games than most people. Like that was our seventh game, yeah. and that was your. I think that was our eighth game. We were six and two, and you guys were four and zero. Oh. So we played seven. Y'all played. Yeah. So, so he had how many blocks? He have this game four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's twenty nine, and that's twenty nine and nine games. No, he had twenty five. Twenty five after last night. Oh, after last night. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, still it's still and, a lot, but we played more games than most at this point in the year. That's I mean. It's, 29 and 9 games, it's just over – yeah, 9 games, that's just over th- – 25 and 9 games, it's just under 3 a game. Yeah, which is a really good average. For I mean, how many minutes did he play? He played 22 minutes. So, yeah. I mean, you got a picture he probably plays it's less than that normally because uh, I feel no, like Haas got in foul trouble there and then he got hurt at the end of the game. That's pretty average. I'd say he sits right around that 18 to 22. Uh, Haas is a big man and he, he is slow and he wears out. If there's any, If there's anybody that's ever been – more perfect for their last name. I mean, could you tell oh, me a better person? No, it's I mean, perfect. Hoss. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude is a hoss. Homeboy is large. Yeah, he is. That dude is big. But I, I was very impressed with Harms. Um, I know he only had four and five, but he had four blocks, like you said. But I don't know. He he's in he's intense. He doesn't back down from anything. Um, he's a. It's an early comparison, and, and I am not saying he's like this, but. A lot of people before he even came in were comparing him to Porzingis. I could, I and he, I could see it. I don't know if he's as athletic as Christos Porzingis. He's almost as athletic because he's he's very fast. Uh, he's small. He's not a shooter or yeah. not. He's not there. He can yeah. make a fifteen foot jump shot, but uh, I mean, I think he airballed a three. So, yeah, you know. but he shoots eighty two percent from the free throw line. Yeah, no, that's Haas. They Harms. said they said on the radio that that uh, Harms also shoots. Low eighties from the ring line. They're both they both got a good stroke. Yeah. But he's a he don't get he didn't take a lot of jump shots yet, but I think it's there. Yeah. Um I think one thing that Przingis has on him just before we end this part, I mean my when I said athleticism, I meant more ball handling. Oh, I do yeah. think that's something harms harms doesn't handle the ball very no, well. Where Przingis looks like he's a point guard sometimes when he's handling the ball. Yeah. But if Harms takes three dribbles and I'm like, you better shoot it or pass it up at some point. But really, I mean, one thing I, I feel like outside of him, if there is one thing going forward that you maybe I, I want I want to go, we'll start with maybe something that you coming out of this game you were kind of worried about, and then something that maybe you were worried about going into it and maybe maybe feel better. I look, you know, you look at the minutes coming off the bench. You only had it's. I mean, same thing with Louisville. Maybe this is this is only the first time I've watched you guys because you guys were in Maui or whatever. But I mean, outside of Klein and Harms, you don't really have anybody that played a lot. And if they did play, they didn't shoot the ball. No, uh, we're really we got we got seven guys that score. Uh, Taylor played. Uh, he's been hurt for the past three years. Uh, he played two minutes, and he's probably only played in three games yeah. at this point. Uh, Eifert has been picking up some minutes. He's a walk on. It's now got a scholarship, but he. He doesn't score. He's a he's your classic white guy. He's gonna set screens. He's gonna guard somebody. Uh, try to get some rebounds. You know, he's a really good rebounder for being undersized at like six yeah. five, playing the four. But really, Harms and Klein, that's our bench. Uh, Klein's 
I, I think he's probably one of the best shooters out there. He is. Uh, he's he's JJ Reddick, Steph Curry accurate, but he is slow and it's really a set shot. Yeah, but he's he's lights out most of the time. Uh, and Harms plays a lot. And uh, Eastern, our freshman, he plays some, but well, he has uh, got the freshman turnover bug. It's it is all happening fast for yeah. him. It, so, it is a different speed than high school. I mean, has he? I mean, has he showed flashes during games though that you, maybe you think you could get something out of him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm worried about handing the keys to him next year. Uh, I'm sure all the rule fans remember he missed a wide open fast break dunk, and then the next position missed a wide open layup. So um, it, it, you can just tell everything is faster for him. Yeah. He has not caught the speed of college basketball. So uh, I'm concerned with our point guard play uh, coming into next year. But we're pretty spoiled with P.J. He is possibly going to go down with the best uh, turnover to assist ratio in Purdue history. Uh, last year he had like 43 assists before he had – Two turnovers or something like that's, that. It, yeah, that's stellar. It's a, uh, it's like five and a half to one. Yeah, that's that's a, that's it's, pretty it's, much unheard of. Yeah, he he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, it, he's really solid with the ball. So. so so that's you know that's something you know that maybe maybe in the future. I mean, it looks like Michigan State's going to end up maybe pulling back away. I mean, they're back up twelve, but outside, I mean, in the Big Ten. You have Michigan State. You have I Minnesota. Mean, Minnesota, everybody thinks the best, second best team. I don't rank twelve. I'm gonna be honest uh, with you, man. I haven't seen it. I don't. They're uh, they got they really uh, they got coffee as their small forward. He is a phenomenal guy that nobody's heard of. Amir Coffee. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, he's everybody thinks Miles Bridges player of the year. Uh, he is, I think, better. Miles Bridges because he can shoot the ball. Bridges is just a freak, that says a lot. Freak athlete. He's a freak yeah. athlete. Jumps over everybody. But coffee, he can shoot the ball. Uh, so it's a different aspect than Bridges. But I, I honestly think uh, Mirror Coffee is that good. So they're and they got three big guys that are legit. They're I don't know if they're top ten good, but they're probably it's definitely three or four in the Big Ten. You got Michigan State head of the class. Unfortunately, and I want—I actually want to eat my words from earlier. I said that there wasn't any good matchups. That matchup was a good Minnesota, one. Minnesota, Minnesota, Miami. I forgot about yeah, that one. That was the only uh, really good matchup from yeah. all of the. I'm mean, outside of our. I think the R game. Actually, I guess there was three. Three out of the what? What? How many games is that? Fit, uh, no, it is, there's eleven to two, so that's thirteen. Thirteen. So it's fourteen games. Fourteen games. So what? Four four games out of the fourteen games. I mean, I guess that's not too bad because you couldn't really schedule a team that's already played a played a team again. You know, North Carolina, and Michigan State, and yeah. Duke and Michigan State. The, the Big Ten is not having ranked opponents uh, or a team. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you get really got Michigan State, Minnesota, and Purdue fell out. Wisconsin fell out. Northwestern fell out, so yeah. they only have two ranked teams. There's not really any big key. I, I think you guys will you you all will be back in the top twenty five after this win this I, week. I think we'll be right at it if we're not. I mean, you get. I mean, even though Arizona dropped out, you have two ranked wins in a row, and you yeah. beat the brakes off of Arizona. So we talked about you know maybe kind of what your maybe what your kind of just. Or, or you didn't even really say what you're discouraging. You said you you wish you had a little bit more depth, and you were maybe worried about handing the keys over to Eastern next year. But 
obviously, other than getting a win, even if we're not where we want to be yet against a top fifth or top twenty ACC opponent early in the season, what what can you take from this game that you really think that maybe Purdue can move forward with and and, and that you were kind of encouraged with? We we just really you got four starting seniors. That team just doesn't really give up. You got that many veterans. They just really know how to not let a game get away. Most teams, you know, you got a hyped up crowd, uh, and the game started out seven to zero, Louisville. Yeah. And a lot of teams would panic, and I just really they kind of just held it together. Of course, they're at home, so you know, if you're on the road, you are almost going to panic mode in the first yeah, two minutes. For sure. So that helped a lot. But those guys, they just really let the game come to them. Uh, and that helped. And it really, I felt showed. They never, never got out of control, and they never pressed. Really, they just it was just weird. Chipped man. away, just chipped away, chipped away, and kept it muddy the whole game. It was a muddy game. Not to not to cut in, but it it was weird. Kind of going along with to prove your point even more. I felt like every time I was like, all right, this is when we make our run. This is when we make our run. It was like cute, a big shot by Edwards, big shot by. Matthias, yeah, it's just like yeah, it, you guys had an answer every time I felt like, okay, this is the time to do it. Yeah, Louisville was stretching out to like five or six, and you could you could feel the tension building in the building, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, calm down, people. We're going to come down here and make two layups in a row or, or something, yeah. and it's just – and we really – we changed the game after the 15-minute mark, and they made it a very conscious effort. They're like, we're just going to chuck the ball inside, and we're just going to – Eat up clock and fouls. Yeah, and and that's the good thing about you know we were also talking about uh, Indiana earlier and Davis not being able to hit free throws. Yeah. That's another good thing for you guys is you can pound it inside and your big guys hit free throws. Yeah, yeah. I mean we I think as a team they shoot like seventy five over seventy five. That's I mean that's, that's phenomenal, phenomenal to shoot as a team. Yeah, it's unreal. Most time you always have normally it's a big guy just dragging you down and and I'm, uh, I'm gonna. Our big guys are two of the best free throw shooters, uh, probably in the nation in their position. I, I'd hate to uh, totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, you, stats, I mean, you, have, you don't see centers very often shooting eighty-two percent. No, and especially to have two of them. At uh, least, yeah. all right, I'll say you don't. You never see centers that play the way Haas does shoot eighty-two percent. Yeah, you'll have centers that play like Dirk Nowitzki or like. Anthony Davis or something like that that shoot that well yeah. from the free throw line, but not a guy like Haas that if you really put him out there, he's not shooting jump shots. Never, never. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's crazy is he goes to the free throw line and knocks him down. Yeah, yeah. But you put him out there and say, "Hey, man, this is pretty much a free throw. It doesn't matter. He's gonna clang it off the rim." No, well, all he's gonna do, he's trying to get inside three feet. That's all he wants to do. If he yeah. takes a shot outside three feet and it's not a free throw, that was a poor offense. Yeah. So. You know, the final score, like we said, it was 66-57. And, you know, I, I, not, to me, yeah, I mean, I know you guys only scored 66 points, but That's you really score 57 crazy. points, 90% of the time you're going to lose a college basketball game. Yeah. Well, really, to look at the final score at 66-57, and halftime was 23-22. Yeah. It was – I mean, it had the makings of a football score. It yeah, it really did. I mean, that was the lowest scoring output for both teams at halftime all season. Yeah, probably in a while. Yeah, I, but that that was something. Unless you're a Wisconsin, unless you're a Virginia, 
or you know old Northwestern teams that just play ugly all the time. You score fifty-seven points in a game, you're not going to win very many college basketball games. No, it's that, especially on the road. Yeah, that, that's low. It is abysmal low. But I mean, I, I do think there are some good things to take from it. Uh, with the play at VJ, there's also some things that's just like a head scratcher with Quinn Snyder. Um, I hate losing. This is the first podcast I've done after my team's lost, by the way. So congratulations on being on that one. I also feel like I really blew your spot up with the uh, with the fouls. You did. I was. I was, go- I was I, gonna. I had. We covered I, if you want to. No, no, because I'm not trying to get proved wrong on my own podcast. All right. Well. Because I, I will bring up. I, I will say before. Before we did this, I told him, you know, I, th- I felt like we got homered. I still think there were some calls that I think were questionable, and he there agreed with me. Miss, he agreed with me calls. on that. I, I totally agree. And he actually has uh, media or the under four timeouts. And he says, I just want to tell you something before we go into this, because he's like, I don't want to go into this, and then me, you know, me just shut you down your own podcast. So it's a real bro looking out. So I can't, I can't really argue with it. He shows me the free throw shooting numbers before the last under four timeout 338 left in the game 338 left in the game Purdue shot 17 Louisville shot 12 Purdue shot 10 free throws down the stretch the the last minute the last minute they shot 10 free throws when we fouled them so that puts it at 17 and they end up shooting 32 so that means they shot five five more in between there from just regular fouls yeah so it's tough to say it with the free throw numbers. I mean, the foul numbers, yeah, but that also goes into the fouling at the end. I, I was concerned also. Uh, at the game, obviously, it's 98% Purdue fans. Oh, yeah. It didn't feel like a homeward game. But, you know, I came back and I was listening to Louisville Sports Radio and I saw the, the shots differential and I was like, oh, man, maybe like maybe I was drinking the Kool-Aid up there yeah. and I didn't see the fouls. And then I come back and watched it and I looked at these stats and I was like, and maybe it really wasn't as nearly. And I'll say, I mean, I, you know, I put some stuff on social media, and maybe, maybe it was. I, I was pretty pissed when we lost the game. I can't lie; I really wanted to win that game. Wait, I mean, and who wants to lose? Yeah, I mean, if what is it, what is the saying? You show me someone's okay with losing, I'll show you a loser. Yeah. Some people don't like that saying, but I, I'm totally with it. Uh, I I hate it. I hate watching my team lose. Always, I hate it. I mean, I don't think either one of us are as bad as your cousin Jeff, but I hate watching my team lose. Yeah, that's right. yeah so. Um, hey, I got you, Jeff. Buddy. Don't worry. Someone yeah, I'm, there's, it's still all love from both sides over here, Jeff. It's just, you know, you got to get a shout-out at some point on here. I mean, hey, I see you saying something. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to give you a shout-out at some point. But, you know, I, there were some calls I felt like were missed, but I'm sure there were some calls that, you know, my red glasses didn't see that were missed on the other side. Honestly, there was only one, and it was that loose ball foul on Carson. Oh, the one where they said he pushed him out of bounds? No, no, no. It was uh, – Or that was on he, arms. I'm he, sorry. he knocked the ball away, and they both go for the ball. And uh, oh, okay. Edwards got on the ball first. To, be, to be fair on that one, when you watch it in fast motion, yeah. it looked like he dove into him. It, it did. did. But when they showed it on replay, he didn't even touch him. No. He didn't touch him at all. That, that, was, that was really the only one. But the one that I saw – even as a Purdue fan, when they called the uh, – it was in the first half, and it was the blocking foul. And I think it was 
Uh, it was VJ King when he and, and it, they didn't it, give him the shot. They didn't give him the shots. I was, like, I was like, it's either got to be a charge or, or an and one because he hit the shot. He hit yeah. the shot. It should have been an and one. Yeah, it's it's either and that was the one that was I didn't understand. They called the foul, so it wasn't really a homer call, but it, it was like <sighs> it was confusing. Uh, it was. It's like the guy forgot he was ref in the basketball game. Yeah, it was like so maybe we can both agree on this though. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's just I never remember refereeing from top to bottom, even you know, we can start in high school and go all the way up to professional and everything. Being this bad though. It's it's like they're trying to, to score more points or make the game more fun. Uh but I'm I'm a purist, man, so you know, a walk's a walk and it's that's why I can't watch the NBA. We can go about that all day long. Yeah. You know, it look, they made the rules up however many years ago, and it's the rules. Like you get two steps and you gotta lift off. Uh I, I even questioned the jump stop in high school when it came around. I was like, let's walk. Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess they decided that's not a travel, but I, I don't know. Yeah, the officiating from top to bottom. Um, I think they've tried to change they put a point of emphasis on some things in college, uh, like the moving screens. Uh, there was that one called on the mood that nobody liked, but uh, I mean, by the letter of the law, that was a moving screen. Uh, it, it hurts because it was his fourth foul. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're going to set a screen, you got to be stationary. I, I feel like that even against the Purdue guys. That's the rule. It's the rule, you know? Yeah. And that's that's something I feel like you and I are both pretty good about doing is if, if we see something, and that's why I took when you when you gave me that opinion, and then, I mean, not only gave it to me, you showed, you backed up with facts. I feel like we're both pretty level-headed when it comes to our team yeah. and, and calling a spade a spade when it is. Yeah, definitely. I would say we're pretty level-headed about it. Um, but without further ado, we're going to go to the beef now. And – I didn't think that I was going to use this, but because somebody actually told me that I should the other day, I was like, "No, I'm not going to." And then I don't know, man. Maybe it's another reason why I felt like the game was called so terribly because he thought it was called so bad, so good. Um, this week's beef beef is with Dan Dockage, and I, I I know you say you listen to it, and that's, you're a Big Ten guy. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm Big Ten at heart. It's kind of and and this is this is good because. The people that have come on with me in my beefs have all agreed with me, so I'd rather have someone disagree with me on this. I'm kind of your but, guy here. And, but I was on your side years ago, but I cannot stand this dude. I, I mean, we're watching Michigan State, and I thought back to you know we played there two years ago, and we have two great great dudes, especially Damian Lee. I mean, Trey Lewis. There was a lot of people that didn't really jig with him that much, but they were graduate transfers, came here to play in the tournament, and we're playing Michigan State, and we were giving it to Michigan State for a while. Oh, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, we were giving it to Michigan State. And you couldn't watch the game because all Dan Dockage was doing was bashing Damian Lee and Trey Lewis because they were graduate transfers. He hates the rule, blah, blah, blah. This hurts, does nothing but hurts those other universities and all this stuff. And to make matters even better, his son goes and graduate transfers last season. No, this year he's playing this year. But I'm just I'm talking after last season he goes and is now a graduate transfer, and there's not a peep from him. Yeah, there's not a peep from him. He He did he did register last year though, so I'm not sure if it's actually a graduate. It was a it was considered yeah it it was considered a graduate transfer, and not a peep. But the best part is 
that you're not even mentioning is he played four years at Michigan and transfers to Ohio State. Yeah. So like, can you imagine, so not only, can you not imagine only, Q graduate transferring oh to Kentucky? Like, don't don't say that. How, how does it no, even happen? No, don't say that. I mean, because that's – yeah, that's – that's it's even worse. Yeah. Like I mean, it's and and no wonder he no wonder he was pubbing up Ohio State on that game yeah. for making the playoffs. Yeah. A two loss team that's going to beat a Wisconsin team that everyone has said is over is overrated all season, and he's going to say, well, if they beat them, they got to be in the playoff. He, I'm not trying to vouch for the guy, but I listen to his radio show every day I'm in the office, and uh, he coached at uh, Bowling Green. He coached Irvin. at Indiana too. Well. Yeah, but he was the head coach at Bowling Green when Urban Meyer was head coach at. Uh, so they're Green. friends. So they're friends. Their wives are friends. Their kids grew up together. So uh, he's got some bias okay. in there. Uh, before his son got there, I still hate him, but no, I, that I, makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So. Uh, and I'm I not going to lie. I'm going to tag this dude in, in this podcast, and I'll tell him where to find his my beef with him in this because he I see he answers people's tweets back. Oh, dude, I, I follow him on Twitter. I love it. Dude, he goes at people. It is the best. I hope he does. You know what? I hope what happens from this is I hope he comes on here and debates me. That would, I mean, that would be great. It's probably not going to happen no. because he's like, well, there's this little peon from New Albany, Indiana. I'm not going to go on there and talk to him about something like that. But I can't lie to you, man. I've disliked him for a long time, but the two games that he's called of ours has made me really, really dislike him because there's really not – to me, I mean, there wasn't really a better player that we had on that team than than Damian Lee with just his attitude and everything like that, with the circumstances that were given to him that he had nothing to do with and was still smiling, laughing, and playing hard. Yeah, and then it's tough for him because like this was that was his chance, that was his one chance to hear one shining moment. Yeah, and, and uh, it got taken away. From yeah, him. and that team was good. I mean, yeah, we had was, just we we played them down to the wire uh, early in the season in this tournament. Uh, Michigan State, that is. We beat the number one team mm-hmm. on Monday, Big Monday. Yeah, and then like two And then later, Wednesday, the news that. comes out. Yeah. Or Thursday, I'm sorry. Thursday, the news comes out. Friday, we self-impose a ban. We'll act quickly for some we, reason. We do, but it doesn't matter to the NCAA. They, they, yeah. Right, well, you guys self-imposed a ban, and you guys might have had a Final Four team that year. It doesn't matter. We're still taking your banner. Yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> It's, it's, they they just like on a hair trigger. Yeah, it's like, hey, North Carolina, do whatever you want to for twenty five oh. years. Oh god, and don't do anything. Day. Don't do anything to show any regret What's or anything that? like that. You know what? You know what? You can do. You can keep everything. It kind of flick off Louisville when you're doing it. Oh yeah, yeah it's just, like, just straight up kicking right in the nuts. It's yeah. like, come on, man! Like really? Um, I mean, that's that's been my that that's my beef, and maybe it just boiled over even more because we lost. It's I think. A lot of those announcers, not just him, get a bad name. Like I know all the little fans were so mad when the first couple minutes they talked about. Yeah, I did, but I don't want to hear I, about. There, it. There's producers in them people's ear, and they had to cover. Like a lot of people hated on Dockage on Twitter. Like, hey man, you're calling a basketball game. Talk about basketball. Why yeah. are you talking about football? Like them people, aren't they mad at Jay Will and Seth Greenberg? Because the whole halftime, what they talked. That's about. literally all they talked about. Yeah, yeah it's. The ESPN has got to push what's going to make them the most money. I'm not trying to take up for the guy, but they're definitely in their ear and trying to push some type of issue. They got an agenda they're trying to get out there. Now, talking about announcers that maybe sometimes get a bad name, I love Jay Billis. They just showed him on the screen. I love that guy. Yeah, he's. I really don't think I know anybody that doesn't like Jay Billis, though. He. 
him and Dawkins are a lot alike because they're both total know-it-alls. And I guess I, I guess the call, reason I you like can't call him wrong. I guess the reason I like Bill so much is because he goes at the NCAA. He does constantly. He goes at the and, and takes up for the players. Where I feel like Dockage, I can see where you're saying they're a lot alike, but he's kind of like on the other side. Oh, they're yin and yang. They're, yeah, it's they, like they hate each other. They too, both though. go hard at whatever they're going at, but they're like opposites yeah. of what they're going at. And they go at each other over like the paper play college kids, not the legal paper play, just the yeah, uh, like how they should get paid. Because all this money being brought in by him. But man, thanks for coming on. I think we we covered. I think we covered pretty much everything in the game, and covered even more than what I thought we would. Yeah, we kind of. Let me kind of kind of just say one thing. Say, it's, not, say. It's, it's not a beef, by any means. I'm not trying to steal a beast beef. But I know everybody was all up in arms about the FBI shirts and the signs. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to say little fans just got to get over that, but like ESPN is going to push that because it's headline oh, yeah. news. And I think it's kind of the same thing that goes on with, you know, I know you're a Patriots fan. All Patriots fans hate hearing about the Flake Gate and Spy Gate. Florida State hated hearing about them stupid crab legs. Yeah. Grayson Allen being a crybaby. You know, all the, all those teams have something that they're just stuck to. Penn State. I mean, you can't even say the word Penn State. What's your first thought? Spins, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to bring it up, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate to be a Wolf fan, and you're like, that's tied to your name. Maybe I would feel a little bit better about it if teams like North Carolina were. I mean, let's look at Held Kansas. accountable. Yeah, hold those teams accountable too. Yeah, totally. Maybe, maybe that's something that I can look at, and because I told you, I, it might have been earlier in this or right before we came on. Like, it sucked to see that. And I'm already tired of seeing it. Yeah, it's, but we're five games into the season. You had to know, especially on your first true road game, at probably the second or third toughest environment you're going to play in all season outside of Cameron and, and the Dean Dome. Yeah, I mean, you have to know. And Rupp, I forgot, but we're playing at Rupp too. Yeah, correct. You have to know that you're going to hear something. Yeah, and it. I, I'm not condoning it by any means. I'm not saying that they needed to do it. It it sucks for all them kids out there, and it's. I'll tell you this, man. Now I mention it, I'm not looking forward to seeing what they're going to say at Rupp at all. It's it like we. I watched that game and think it was bad. And at Purdue, Kentucky fans are going to be even more ruthless. They're going to say even more things. They don't care that Paget's an interim coach. They don't care. We could have Jesus Christ playing our (laughs) team, and they're going to cheer for. They're going to cheer against us and have some type of sign to bash us. Oh yeah, it's it's It's, unfortunate. It's going to have to be all year. Yeah, uh, and it's I'm not saying it's right by any means. They're just it, it is what they it's the hand you're dealt this year. So yeah, um, but man, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Appreciate. I'm it. glad someone finally disagreed with me on my beef because everybody else has kind of gone along with it. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, man. Oh uh, no, is, I want that's beef, why I, that's show. why I want people to come on with me and, and talk about these things because it's like, man, I can talk about this stuff all day to myself, but if I don't have anybody going against me, then it's not really. I'm not really getting to show where I'm getting my basis from for these things. Better products like this, I just think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, I hope you guys like this one. This one's a lot longer than any of the other ones I've done, actually. We, we kind of got jaw jacking a little bit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, keep liking and sharing and everything. And uh, I'll keep, I'm going to keep trying to put two of these out a week and keep trying to get guests on that maybe you guys know or want to listen to. Any of you guys want to do it. I'm actually just thought of something that I'm going to do coming up maybe next week on my 
on the solo episode early in the early in the week. So be looking out for that on my Facebook page. Um, but thanks again. You guys have a good one.